artist Salgado has a new album. That alone should warm your heart and make you get out your dancing shoes. More than that, it's a satchel full of inspiration for the times in which we live. He didn't plan it that way, but some people have a way of unconsciously knowing what we need. Curtis Salgado, seems like, has always known what we needed, even if he didn't know what was good for him at the time. You hear a tune from Damage Control at the end of the interview. We're getting closer to being back at Artichoke Cafe, by the way. Curtis has a lineup of experienced musicians who have played with giants. You know what? Curtis is a giant, too. Curtis, come there, Tony. Yes, indeed, it is. We, we had a, we had an appointment. <laughs> yes, I just sent you a, an email. Oh, did you? Was it mm. and, and and was it? You said one minute to go, <laughs> and hey. then one minute later you called. <laughs> Do you mind if we're rolling already? No, sir. Okay, good. I didn't think so, because, uh, you know, I mean, we, we've done this before. Well, it's nice to bring it up. What if I said yes? Well, then I would count it down. I would say, okay, I'll count it down from three, and we'll start now. <laughs> 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 well, hey, listen, it's nice to nice to hear your voice. Um, you I wish, too. I wish we could do this across the table like we have in the past, but uh, we will another time. There you go. That's yeah. what we want to hear. Yeah. You know, and we uh, we've made it this far. <laughs> you know. Yeah, Portland. No, I mean Portland uh, has burped a little. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, very surprising, disheartening. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. So. But, uh, there's anyway, a lot, there's on a lot, to music. There's a lot of that yeah. going around. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. listen, man, that's a great album. That is a great album. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know that you've ever made a better album than that one. You said that last time, but I got to tell you, you and I have been friends a long time. Yeah. And uh, for you listeners out there and stuff, you know, man, I'll listen. I'll catch a radio show and go, who's this? Who's playing this? And it's like, oh, it's Tony, of course. And it's like, I, uh, you know your music. It's fun to talk to somebody who knows their music, you know. So anyhow, well, that said, thank you coming from you. That is a high compliment. I appreciate well, that. Well, geez. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it if I didn't mean it. And uh, Thank you. Uh, and I, 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 I've been I've been playing uh, a little bit of it on the radio. I got one coming up uh, on the uh, on the ninth with next this, this Friday, and it's an interesting um, it's an interesting set. And I'm just trying to find it. Oh shit! <laughs> oh man! Did you just uh, cuss on the radio? I love it. It's not the radio. It's the podcast. Oh. You can say oh, any you, podcast we could do that. You can say well, any fucking thing my... you want. Any fucking <laughs> goddamn motherfucking thing that you would like. Uh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> well I asked I, my girlfriend I asked my girlfriend to put out a cuss jar because I cuss too much, especially in this day and age. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, when you're on the road and then you get off the road, I gotta get the road off of me before I get in the presence of a lady, you know? Yeah, so, I understand. I understand. Anyway. Anyway, back so, on. 
Yeah. Um, but I did did wanted to. Uh, I can't find the one. I, I'm looking for one something here and I can't find it. Oh well, don't worry about it. Uh, but yeah, you're you're in an interesting set uh, on the 19th on uh, this this Friday on my show. Uh, but this uh, this is not going to be uh, this is not going to go up until the twenty uh, fifth. So, all right. Yeah. Well, what song is it? What What would you like to talk about? Well, first of all, I want to talk about all of the songs. And uh, okay, cool. But but first of all, <laughs> before we get into the all the personal stuff and uh, all all that wonderful stuff, I'm just I was just so glad. That you 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 sang a Larry Williams tune. Oh, Cause yeah. You know, people. I'm, you know what? We did that song. The song you're talking about is "Slow Down." Slow down, yeah. And Larry Williams is is one of my um, is one of my heroes. Um, I'm pretty sure my brother and sister. You know, I either heard it by the Beatles, but I found out soon. Yeah. Because of the superpower of reading what the name is underneath the song, <laughs> and um, and but Larry Williams, I think, is one of the. He's just he's got a there's he's got a unique voice, yep. and uh, and it's almost always like horse or something, and it's just he's rock and roll as much as as anybody, and he's, he writes very good songs. Phony Maroney, mm-hmm. uh, the the Beatles covered three of his songs: "Slow short, Down," short, "Dizzy Miss Lizzie," yeah. and "Bad and Bad Boy." You know, and don't oh, forget oh. "Short Fat Fanny." And short fat. I'd never heard them do that. She, she's but, no, uh, no. I mean, I mean, as far as Larry yeah. Williams songs go, she's yeah, my heart's yeah. oh, yeah. she's my heart's I mean, desire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, if the Beatles are covering did the you know uh, Larry Williams, you know yeah. they were yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just think he's the most. That's all. Piano player, folks. Piano player, singer. You know, he wrote uh, the words to "Mercy, Mercy." Which of course is a Cannonball Adderley song by Joe Zionall mm-hmm. and uh, and Johnny Guitar Watson and Larry Williams wrote the words to, wrote the words to that <laughs> and uh, and um, Johnny Guitar Watson and Larry Williams ran around together and they produced Little Richard uh-huh. a Little Richard OK record on uh-huh. OK records uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. so I don't know if you've ever heard that album but it's marvelous yeah and it's, it's cool. It, it is such an interesting story because he was he was the one that specialty brought in to replace Little Richard when Little Richard went religious. Oh wow. See yeah. I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah. 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 You know, he was on specialty. His his all of his tunes if you if you look, Little Richard you know, Little Richard stops, Larry Williams starts. And I believe right. it's I believe it's the same band and everything else, you know. Yes, it is yeah. definitely. Yeah. I, I have the forty-five of uh, Larry Williams on specialty doing that, yeah. and uh, several of his uh, LPs that they put out of a collection. That was, I mean, I got that, in, and this sounds like a brag, but man, I've been listening to him since I was, you know, seventeen, eighteen years old, right. and I just fell in love. I think I wanted to do this song called "Peaches and Cream" by him. That's I had that single. I bought that single new. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, yeah. See, you're older than me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad you like it. I'll talk a little bit about it. I did it in Nashville. 
And the band, uh, as you may or may not have noticed, there is three rhythm sections on the record, three yeah. different ones. Why is that? And I, because two reasons. Uh, they're all friends, but mm-hmm. I wanted to make it so that I thought, and it worked, that it would give each song... Look, bands go in and they'll do a record, and it's the same musicians on the same 12 songs. Uh-huh. And so they're going to play it all out in a particular way. You know what I mean? So it's kind of uh-huh. like you push, it doesn't, I mean, wonderful records, millions of them, but it's just like the same same band playing the same stuff, same rhythm section, playing not the same stuff, but playing these 12 songs on a record. And that kind of gives it a same samey. You know, so here's this record and here's uh-huh. the, but I thought with four different rhythm sections, it would give it a more variety in sound and approach. And uh, uh-huh. I did bleed some, uh, I did take some musicians from one studio to the next, uh-huh. but basically the drummer and the bass players are different. And uh, I, um, so the Nashville guys are uh, George Marnelli from, um, Bruce Hornsby and Bonnie Raitt, uh-huh. and uh, he's the guitarist. Kevin McKendry, who is with Albert McClinton and um, Brian Setzer, and he just did that record with George Benson doing Chuck Berry and mm-hmm. Fats Domino, and Kevin McKendry is the piano player, and it was his studio. Lloyd did his record with his studio. So he's from the Albert McClinton Nashville scene. He's down uh-huh. there, and the, uh-huh. and the bass player is... Uh, Jesse, I can't think of his name. One of them is, but it's like John Hyatt's bass player and Brian Setzer's bass player, and the drummer is um, this wonderful guy named Jack Bruno, who started with Tina Turner. When Tina Turner left Ike Turner, she had an audition and she picked up Jack Bruno, and he rode that ship all the way to her superstardom. Wow. And she just and play and these guys are, are marvelous so there's the nashville boys uh-huh. and back to larry williams um so we did that as a one-off just like yeah i just kind of want to do that is that okay with you guys yeah yeah let's do it so so we just did like half passes at it like get it going and i uh-huh. sang a few verses and then we ran tape and then i threw marlon uh then i threw alan hager on the guitar solo on it and uh uh but you know, these we just laid that out, boom, like that, and so and it wasn't going to be on the record. <laughs> and what Shane and I were planning to do was like, let's make it an all twelve songs, all twelve songs, all original. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was so hot, we got to add this as a bonus track. So it's a bonus track, <laughs> and that's the sweet. That's what happened. <laughs> and it's the first one I bring up. Awesome. How about fuck me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I won't take up too much of your time, but... It's a podcast. Um, I got nothing so but time. I have, all right. Well, so five five songs in Nashville, four songs with Kit Anderson at Graceland Studios, which mm-hmm. is located in San Jose, mm-hmm. and then another four songs with uh, Johnny uh, Lee Shell's studio. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's, I can't remember the name of the studio. And, uh, do you have a CD? Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's the one in L.A.? Yeah. Yeah. So, 
I'm going to open up. I got, I got a... Ultratone. Promo copy. Yeah. Ultratone. Ultratone. Yeah. Land. And uh, then, as a little thing, I know this man named Wayne Coops, who's a true... Oh, yeah. Louisiana, Lafayette, he is ferocious and sings his butt off. God, he's such a wonderful singer and stuff. And I met him on the Delbert McClinton cruise. Uh-huh. And that's a, you know, Delbert played at the Aladdin Theater. Sure. And I was there with my girlfriend. She's a big fan. I'm not a big fan. But it was her birthday, so I took her to see Delbert McClinton. And I recognized Jack Bruno, who is uh-huh. Uh-huh. now Delbert's drummer. Uh-huh. And Jack recognized me, and he goes, hey, Curtis, come on backstage. So I went backstage, and Delbert was very nice. He said, Curtis, why don't you come on the cruise, not as an act, but as a guest, and I'll get you a cabin, but you just got to find your way there to Florida, because that's where we launched from. So I went to the Delbert McClinton cruise, and man, it just blew my socks off. And uh, on there was Wayne Toops. And he blew my socks off, just knocked me out. Just this killer Lafayette, Louisiana boys laying it down, and he blew my mind. I've seen him on YouTube like mm-hmm. years ago and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, and, you know, Chubby Carrier and yeah. was, you know, Stanley Durrell. Sure. Buckwheat Saddle. So, so I, was, I went down the Zydeco rabbit hole. And so, and there is a, so anyhow, here he is. And he came up to me and he heard me sit in with a band called Teresa James. And he said, who are you? I like your singing. And I said, uh, you know, I was stunned. And then a couple of days later on the boat, no, on a couple of days later, I walked up and sheepishly asked him, would you like to do a song with me? And that's how that came about. And he's, uh, so I went to Lafayette, Louisiana, and we recorded this song on there called Truth Be Told. Hmm. So it's actually four studios in a way. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. Um, these songs are so intensely personal, um, but they're all, they're, they're, you, they share, you share uh, writing credits. Did you do all of the, all of the, the lyrics on these tunes or did you share those? Uh, it, it's, it's kind of, it's shared, but I would have to say, look, I'm not trying to steal anybody's. I'll give you the, if you don't mind, I'll tell you how a song works out. So there's a woman, a young lady. Her name is Jackie Mm McLeod. And Jackie's a a prodigy piano player. And um, she's from the Romanian community here in Portland. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's remarkable. Like she goes and plays with the Vienna Boys Choir, you know, in Vienna. Wow. And you got to know your stuff. So she is a very accomplished keyboard player. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, I wanted to write a song with her, so I wrote. So I said, "Let's get together." And we got together in a church piano in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And she starts. And she starts playing, and she goes, "This is in my head," or something like that. And she starts playing this song, and I go. My God, I'd love this. What is it? You know, I started thinking, I said, this sounds like Alan Toussaint. You ever heard of Alan Toussaint? She says, no. Huh. <laughs> and But she's like doing this off. So I take my, I have an iPad 
and I have a telephone and I, I took my iPad and I turned it on and I recorded it. And we kind of believe I have the, the, uh, that tape and I'm mm-hmm. kind of just making up words as it goes along. This song will turn into a song on the record called Oh for the cry. I, hmm. and, um, it's basically a saying like, for Christ's sakes, what are you doing? Or oh, my, my grandmother used to say it. My father used to say it. So mm-hmm. let me put it like this. My father would say, Curtis, have you dumped the garbage? And I, no, not yet, Dan. And he'd go, oh, for the cry eye. Would you, would you please dump the garbage now? It's really <laughs> packed up, you know, something like that. So yeah. it's like, oh, for Christ's sakes. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Oh, you're, you know, so the song... Uh, with Jackie McLeod's thing, I took it and I got together with uh, Michael Finnegan. Mm-hmm. And we kind of based some stuff. And then I have a friend of mine named Alan, named Albie Allen. Mm-hmm. And Albie Allen is an old friend of mine from back in the days. We've been friends for years and years. And he used to be the road manager for the Robert Cray Band. Mm-hmm. But he's a, he's, he has a, a degree in literature and he's a good lyricist. And so we started tossing it around, and he got me launched. So most of the lyrics are mine, but all the way peppered through it, there's a line here like this. Mm-hmm. Now I'll tell you about something else. David okay. Duncan. Yes. So uh, David Duncan and I wrote uh, The Longer That I Live. Mm-hmm. So we're tossing around a title, and I, you know what? Man, I mean, I've been through this stuff, but it's like the longer like you know, the older I want. He said, the longer that I live, the older I want to live. And we kind of laughed and it worked. And then, but that isn't, I don't want it. To. So I came up with the longer that I live, the older I want to get. But mm-hmm. he just, uh, but David goes like this. He'll say something and then I'll say something. So basically that song is like, uh, uh, let's see. Um, uh See, I got to think of the song. I can think of it because I haven't played it in a bit. Uh, um, I, Jesus, I can't think of it. So, uh, let's see, the longer. So, my so I... body just flesh and bone wrapped around soul. Mm-hmm. And then he, you know, uh, and then he wrote and went. It, uh, and by the time I leave this earth, I hope I'm the last to know. And so. It goes like that. That's how we do it. Mm-hmm. So I'll say something, he'll say something. I'll say something, he'll say something. We'll mm-hmm. get a form together, and then I'll go back and punch it up, make mm-hmm. things a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. So he had uh, um, a song. We have a song called I Don't Do That No More. That's mm-hmm. his title. And mm-hmm. uh, and it goes, he had like crawled in a whiskey bottle, something. I And I, I that's generic. And so I came up with, Tinkery and Stoli, my old partners in crime. Yeah. Two friends I knew, tried and true, who could ease my troubled mind. That's his. Two friends. And, you know, when I finally hit rock bottom and I wrote way down on the killing floor, I almost took my own life. But then I thought twice. That's his line. I don't mm-hmm. do it. So we just go back and forth and punch mm-hmm. uh, it up. Mm-hmm. Then there's damage control. Mm-hmm. There's a kid named Ryan Waters from. Salem, and he was with Prince, and he was also with Sade first. But this kid's from Salem, and we've been friends for a long time. But he's very clever and a very good guitar player. He moved to New York, and, uh, and in, in a matter of like a couple of years, he had found his way onto Sade, the pop star. 
Hmm. And and he's still a friend of mine to this day, and he writes great lyrics. So he had written a song and said, you can keep this. So I called him up and said, you got a couple of lines here I want to use from this. So I wish to, you know, I give credit where credit's due. Mm-hmm. I split everything down the middle. If you come up with the title of the song, then you get top billing, you know. Mm-hmm. So if you gave me a hook, I would give you top billing if we're writing a song. So anyhow, he had this song that goes, um, another day is just beginning, another day that will soon end, and what you call this, and and what you call it, and what is in between is what you call this life, my friend. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote the rest. And then I took another couplet of his. So with Ryan, he's got like, he launched me. And then I wrote mm-hmm. Damage Control. Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, that's why, you know, there's a song called The Fix Is In on this. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if you look on it, I do believe it gives my girlfriend credit. Because she's the <laughs> one who said to me, you got to write a song called The Fix Is In. <laughs> and uh, of course, there's just politics and the government and mm-hmm. Congress and and just things in general. Because the fix is in, it's, it's tiring. So that said, does that give you an idea? And I'm for the listeners out there. I'm sorry, but it's it's just like um, the music. Like truth be told, is mostly Dave Duncan's lyrics. I punched mm-hmm. it up. Mm-hmm. Those are mostly David's, but the music and the melody and the idea of making it a zydeco tune is mine. Hmm. So hmm. I have mostly music on that. Yeah. Uh, you're going to miss my sorry ass. That's all my lyrics. And mm-hmm. I sat down with Alan Hager and said, I got this rockabilly tune. I think I want to make, you know, I want to kind of. So we sat down in a hotel room when we were on the road and started punching out a form. Mm-hmm. And then that developed. You know, what did me in, did me well, is uh, a young girl named Sarah Billings, and her and I were having lunch, and she goes, oh, you know, music is getting kind of, it was just hard for her to launch herself, but she's going to do this, and she's met this person, and whatever, and I don't know, kind of what did me in, did me well, and I thought, that's a good hook, and so I wrote that, and uh, the lyrics, and, and, uh, uh, Vyas Dodson and I got together and he punched up what I had uh-huh. and then we worked on the music together. So these people are basically, you know, you know, I'll take 60%, on, you know, it just depends, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's why I work with somebody on lyrics. Uh, sorry Ass is all mine. Most of mine is, uh, is, you know, uh, oh, I got a good one for you. Hail Mighty Caesars, all mine. <laughs> Over the Cry is mostly all mine. Wait Damage a minute, wait, wait, wait a minute. Where, where did the Hail Mighty Caesar come from, Curtis? Come on. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, if you're, well, you're saying lyrics, right? Yeah. So Hail Mighty Caesar, I wrote that in like 1998. <laughs> and yeah. And then what I was is like a Professor Warner, Huey Piano Smith kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and then I was in Nashville in 2008, and I had that idea on me. And I got with Kevin McKendry. Again, he's a superb piano player. Uh-huh. And I said, I've got this idea. I want to make it kind of like a Huey Piano Smith song. 
And so him and I worked on the form, which is, you know, one to the five. You know, a bit did it with that kind of Huey Piano Smith beginning. Well, we back in time. I wrote that. I wrote all the lyrics to that. But uh, man, I yeah, I take help. I, look, it's by hook or by crook. But but what what I'm what I'm asking is, I, I don't remember there ever being, uh, uh you know, a sec, second line about the Roman Empire. Oh, okay. <laughs> I am a Rome freak. Really? You know? Yeah. Definitely. Wow. Yep. I can tell you the uh, history of Rome. There's, there's a lot of uh, emperors in there that I do not know, but there is a lot that I do know from the beginning up to about, you know, <laughs> past Caliglia into Claudia, I mean, Claudius and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I'm a, I'm a, I love Rome. I love Italy and its history. Where does that come from? Because I just like history. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know me in music history, you're the same. Well, that's true. You just whip that's out, true. you know, so it's the same thing. It's no different than talking about Larry Williams, you know. Well, I guess it's like me in uh, baseball. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's just like it's uh, did you, I like did, did you did you Did you get into that when you were a kid? Is that, was that, is that where it comes from? I've been in all of this when I was a kid. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's the thing, Tony. I'm just going to spell it out to you. I'd like to know why somebody is who they are or what made mm -hmm. this change. Mm -hmm. I want to know the history of – you give it to me. Why is Alfred Hitchcock considered a great – what did he bring to the table? And in the world of show business, it really is something I'm into. Why this? Why that? I got books on the on vaudeville. Like this and this and this, and not just reading, but watching. My mother got me into it, basically. My father, and and you know, so who's Count Basie? What's the sideman of that band? Mm -hmm. When I was a kid, I could tell you the name of the sideman of of Count Basie. Yeah, you know Walter yeah. Page on bass, uh, Joe Jones on drums, Count Basie on piano, Freddie Green on guitar, Buck mm -hmm. Clayton on trumpet. Uh, you know. What's his name? Lester Young on saxophone, on and on and on. Mm -hmm. And I want to know why this band swings so hard. I want to I want to know what makes things tick. I want to know why Billy Wilder is a great director. Mm -hmm. uh, you know. Um, Do you ever ask these things about your, you know, about yourself? Uh, like what? Like, why am I a knucklehead? Yeah, no, every because, day. No, nah, come on. <laughs> we, everybody knows you're not a knucklehead, and everybody knows, you know, that, that, that I'm you're... I'm a knucklehead. Oh, I mean, on, what man. is a knucklehead? I think you're a knucklehead, so, you know, I, no, I'm it's stupid. a compliment. I mean, you may be a knucklehead, <laughs> but I'm stupid, okay? That I know. Okay. Um, well, now you know where I'm coming from. <laughs> come on. Keep going. Well, I don't know. just seems like uh, 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 this... This the the thing is, I think this album lands at a specific time in history that is unlike any other time that we've ever known. People who are still alive, right? We've never known yeah. a, a time like this, and therefore it 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 it, it, uh, it, it, ad, it adapts to a different concept if it had been released two years ago. 
okay, I, I like what you're saying, and I agree, and I knew this was coming. And by that, that I'm really honored that you said that. But here's, here's it. I started writing it in 2017. Some of these songs, like I said, I started writing in the 90s. I got a suitcase, a couple of them full of lyrics and ideas. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm trying to be a songwriter. So, Hail Mighty Caesar, I've got a... a, a I've got a CD of that, like back in 2008 from Nashville with just me and a piano player. Mm-hmm. I have the lyrics folder over here that's back from the 1990s, and you rewrite and you rewrite, you rewrite. You see where I'm going in this. Mm-hmm. And so the punchline to this is this record was finished in 20, uh, February of 2020. Wow. On the tw- no no it was uh, yes it was finished in February of 2020, just before COVID hit, and it was to be released in June of 26. Yeah. So I'm sitting in Guam with Alan Hager, and it's March, and COVID has hit America and the world, and we're in Guam and Saipan. Wow. And we're doing a gig, and I looked at. I looked at Alan and I said, and he'll back me up on this. I said, oh, my God, how, how you know, and I started thinking about my record's supposed to come out. I mean, you know, it's not going to come out. Everything's happening fast. Alligators said, look, there's no touring. We're going to have to hold the record back. And that wasn't obvious to anybody who was in music business. And uh, I was just like, you know, a lot of songs on this record kind of pertain to what's happening. Yeah, yeah. It's about it's about me turning sixty, not just sixty. I'm, I'm sixty-seven, as in uh, on the fourth of February. So you got to write where you're coming from. I'm not. You don't have to every song. You know, you can write "Hail Mighty Caesar." Yeah, that's not about me. But, <laughs> no. but you. You use everything you draw from personal experiences, and then the rest is a creative process. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and so that's what this is. And it was supposed to come out in June. And now that it's coming out now, you know, the longer that I live, yeah. you're going to miss my sorry ass. You know, uh, I'll always say I love you at the end of your goodbyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, precious time. You know, which, precious time. Particularly yeah. precious time. Well, yeah. Precious Time is just about two lovers. That's it. Two young people falling in love, or it doesn't have to be. But just somebody that wants to get out of the, to me, it's just that person who's stuck in a cubicle in a building, and he had the dreams that he would travel, you know, no destination, mm-hmm. you know, just the clothes on his back and getting out. She had a dream. And I wrote that song with my daughter's mm-hmm. uh, boyfriend named mm-hmm. And he's very clever. So he wrote the chorus to that, which really glues the whole song together. And I wrote uh, uh, the verse and the bridge and the last verse and whatever. But he wrote to me kind of like the the chorus of that tune. Mm -hmm. It it was in the way that they tremble when they must say goodbye, the way that they sing to the stars. That's him. That's just like, God, this Mm -hmm. kid's hot. So, yeah, I write with other people because it's about the song. But there's a much larger message in the Precious Time tune. Much Um, larger. Much larger. Because if we've learned anything over in the past year, is that time is precious. Time is precious. And we may not have it. 
Yes. So Spe- life is finite, and yes. it's time. Well, That's es- what I see. I see. Especially life those, of, especially especially those of us who are kind of have a, a target on our backs because of the virus. Right. You know? Yes. I didn't know, but back then, I mean, let's go back when I wrote this song in like 2019. Started yeah. the lyrics on it in 2019, yeah. and I wrote it with Andrew. He came up with this, mm-hmm. so I wrote the first verse. He wrote the second verse in that chorus, and then I wrote the third verse, the bridge, and the last verse. But he, that chorus puts it together, but the line that I'm, I'm thinking of is, life is finite. Yes. And because I've had everything, right. but uh, I don't cry and, and whine about it. You know, I've had heart attack, quadruple bypass surgery. I've had mm-hmm. cancer a handful of times. Mm-hmm. I still get checked for cancer. Blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I'm not going to whine about it. You know, I'm still moving forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These, are, these are very good. This, It's a very, I guess it is a personal record. Me, I, But you have to draw from personal experiences. So to me, I'm saying life is finite and it's time to make a change. I think this is. Get off your ass and boogie. <laughs> I think this is your most personal album. I really do. Not, not, not that there was anything wrong or I didn't love the albums before this, you know, because who doesn't like a cover of a Johnny Guitar Watson tune? I mean, <laughs> right. who, who on earth well, I mean, doesn't like it? Walk a, a mile in my shoes. Yeah. Walk a mile yeah. in my shoes yeah. is, is personal. Yeah. So when I write, I have, I have, um, I'm trying to be a songwriter and every mm-hmm. album that I have put out, at least there's a handful, at mm-hmm. least five original tunes. And at least, or maybe six or seven. And then I did one in the 1990s called More Than You Could Chew, and that had 11 original songs out of it. And uh, and that was a big deal for me. But then it was just like a Walk a Mile, uh, the, the album, low, uh, what's it called, Beautiful Lowdown. Yeah. It's got 11 original tunes on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you just, as a songwriter... There's no rules. You're trying to write a mini movie. That's mm-hmm. it. You're mm-hmm. trying to write a screenplay mm-hmm. that people can hear in their head, see it in their head, or maybe relate to it, hopefully. And I can only draw on what's going on with me as a 60 year old in America, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and but, the travels and, that I, and the people that I know, like you. Yeah. yeah. You, know? you know, the thing is, though, you, you put stuff out there and you don't know. You don't know. You don't really know what the larger meanings are to people. There's a there's a wonderful composer here in town named um, Andrew Durkin. He has a new album out mm-hmm. with the, with the Quadrophones, and he had another uh, uh, instrumental out, uh, album out a couple of years ago. And I said to him, you know, these uh, these tunes are 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 very. And this this was not not this about a year and a half after uh, Trump was elected. I said, you know, you know, these are very comforting tunes in a time like this. And he, of course, that he had he had written those tunes years before, and had not none of that in mind, or it wasn't and he wasn't thinking anything about something that might happen. But they just have that. That's where the tunes landed. That's yeah. where that's where the tunes landed, and that's how I feel about this album. Well, yeah. Well, you know what? Art is subjective, though. You you look at something and everybody's going to have their own interpretation. Mm-hmm. And one man's treasure is another man's trash. Mm-hmm. Or they don't see that or whatever. 
I got interviewed the other day, and a guy goes, hey, you're known as a harmonica guy. <laughs> and I, I, it threw me off. You know, I was like, I, I wish I was known as the harmonica guy, you know. And so what he's read, what he is, you know, uh, I didn't argue with him or say, I said, well, thank you. You know, I guess <laughs> I kind of thought I was known as a singer. I'm trying to be one. You know, man, I mean, to me, you know me, That's man. Funny. That's if, funny. If the grass is greener on the other side of my right. heroes. Yeah, yeah. The bars, right? You know, but everybody <laughs> is going to interpret how they do. I knew that. When I was told this was going to come out later on, it wasn't even given it, I started thinking about it. And I said to Alan, you know, a lot of songs on the, our record, um, Alan and I wrote, you're going to miss it, sorry. I said, a lot of songs mm -hmm. on the record is going to pertain to this COVID stuff. Mm -hmm. And Alan looked at me and said, you're sort of the Nostradamus of rhythm and blues. And I said, man, what promoter is going to hire us? Who's going to take a risk? Who's going to check your blood at the door? Check your blood at the door. See, I mean, if this blows up, and, and sure enough, man, it just got worse. And it's the perfect storm, you know. Yeah. We yeah. have stepped yeah. into the perfect storm, and and it's us as a race. It's us as a as a species on this planet that's yeah. just not rocking with yeah. Mother Earth at all. One thing, one thing I wanted to ask you was uh, a lot of people don't are, are f f f terribly familiar with Dave Duncan. Uh, and I just wondered what was it that, that like, uh, you know, working with him on this album? Dave is one of my best friends. Yeah. And what it's like is I get a ticket. I go to Nashville. I stay <laughs> at his house. We pour a cup of coffee and we sit down. And we start writing. We ah. talked to each other quite a bit on the phone. Uh -huh. David was having a hard time going through a tough divorce and stuff a few years back. And he wrote 20 Years of B.B. King, or we wrote the song 20 Years of B.B. King. But the lyrics uh, is based on this divorce that he did. Mm -hmm. So once again, he writes a couplet, I write a couplet. And when he writes it, we punch each other's stuff up. Do you mm -hmm. understand? Like mm -hmm. a like a screenplay is written, and then a, a guy comes in and punches it up, and you make it better. So it's write, rewrite, rewrite it again, and rewrite it again. And we came up with 20 years of B.B. King. Mm -hmm. It was my idea. I pat myself on the back for this one for mm -hmm. going like, let's mention B.B. King. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, let's see if we can. So we started working together, but David's excellent. He'll 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 write out a song, and to me it's like I want it edgier and a little more clever and stuff, and I'll punch it up. Or he'll say a line and I'll say a line. Mm -hmm. He'll write something and send it to me, and I'll write back. And then we do we just work on it together. Mm -hmm. He's one of my closest friends, mm -hmm. and what it's like. To, I'm going to answer. Yeah. I met him in I met him in. The early 19, uh, in 1990, like 91 or 92, when a friend of mine from Arizona, which is where Duncan's originally from, he lives in Nashville, mm -hmm. but uh, Duncan's originally from Arizona, and uh, a friend of mine who had heard uh, one of my songs said, you got to talk to this guy, man, he's my friend, and I called him up. And I was calling him up to see if he'd go. I, I had written a song called um, um, that I, I had written a song 
called um shit i can't remember so anyhow um I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna sit here and talk to you until I think of this song. That's all, it'll, it'll come. I'm. I'm. I'm in yeah, no yeah. hurry. So, yeah. It's there. Yeah, it's yeah. sitting there. Uh, yeah, it's sitting there. <laughs> um, oh, hold on a second. Uh, bad. It's, it's about. Uh, oh, that's. I got a bad feeling. It's gonna be a good night. Uh-huh. And this was on a record I'd uh, written, and me and Terry Rob had written this song, and. Uh, the guy heard it and goes, Kurt, you can't play this on Nashville radio. And uh, so that's what me and David talked about. He goes, you can't say the stuff that you're saying in this. So basically because it gets sexual, you know. And oh, uh, yeah, yeah, no, nah, not, and it's all, you can now say it in Nashville. So anyhow, long story short, that's how I met David was through a friend. And I went to visit him and uh, he had a couple of hits can't remember what the country western folks were but he had one with a guy and he had one with a woman with a man and a woman and uh, each one it was a separate artist so he sold and made some money when you could make money writing songs Mm -hmm. and that's what launched him and he's the one who introduced me to kevin mckendry Mm-hmm. And uh, he lives like one block off of Record Row in Nashville, which is wow. now pretty much, uh, which is now pretty much, I mean, they're tearing it down. It's, it's it's completely, it's a tough part of the neighborhood in Nashville. But he's got a house there. So see, you're getting me going, man. I forget we're even on a, but that's where David is. Mm-hmm. And it all connects. I met David and it was, we've written many songs together, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think he's got, I think he has got, him and I have written like four on here, hmm. if I do believe. I don't do that no more. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, truth be told, um, uh, I can't think of it. Anyway, so um, you've got another question. Oh, the longer that no. I live. Well, I, I wanted to ask you about, uh, about Jim Pugh, uh, because... Yeah, okay. He seems to be inhabited by Johnny Johnson. I'm not saying that he imitates Johnny Johnson at all, because he doesn't. But he right. just has, seems to have the soul of Johnny Johnson in those hands. Uh, he's just an excellent, you know, le- this is something I should say, because I'm wandering too much, and I apologize. No, to you're not. Yes. Yeah, so, look, I get songs done, and we'll talk about Jim Pugh here. These guys are all seasoned and they've been playing for years, mm-hmm. not only on the road, but from everybody you can think of mm-hmm. Michael Finnegan from Jimi Hendrix yeah. to Peter Frampton to Joe Cocker mm-hmm. and Bonnie Ray. He was on Joe Cocker's for the last four or five years of his life, you know, uh, and, uh, and Finnegan's on everything. You know, he was years with Etta James you know, Cannonball Adderley, Madonna, and on and off, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, you know, Paul Simon, da-da-da, da-da-da. That's just Michael Finnegan. Jimmy Pugh's the same thing. He wasn't only just with Robert Cray, mm-hmm. but he's played with everybody out of the Bay Area, and there's a lot of heavyweight hitters in the Bay. Yeah. So he has connections with Tony, 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 or mm-hmm. Raphael Sadiq. And he has you know, Sly Stone. He's been in that group. He's from Chicago. He's played with all those Chicago guys. 
you know, and, and then Jerry Jamont is on this record. Mm -hmm. and, and Jerry, do you know who he is? No, I don't know who he is. Jerry Jamont is a bass player, and he's on the uh, the L.A. sessions and the San Jose. So, uh -huh. have you ever heard of the record by Aretha Franklin? It was her second album called Aretha Now. Oh yeah. Well, that's Jerry Jamont on all of oh, that. Jeez. Jerry Jamont is on Memphis Soul Stew, and Jerry Jamont oh. is one of the writers of The Thrill Is Gone by B.B. King. Wow. So, uh, he's one of you know. You could go on YouTube, and he's sitting there interview, interviewing Jaco Pistorius. You know, they're talking about bass. He is a legendary bass player that's on everything. Donny Hathaway, mm -hmm. the Freddie King, you know that album by Freddie King on Cotillion called mm -hmm. My Feeling for the Blues? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's Jerry Jamal. Mm. So the rhythm sections of these is what I did was put these songs together and I had once I had them all kind of demoed up and knew where I wanted to go musically I got I knew rhythm section I wanted with these songs which one I wanted with these songs and which one I wanted with these songs hmm. and so the Nashville boys did that beside a cartoon I had it down and then I went to Louisiana and put Wayne Toops on it hmm. and uh you know, they, they know Wayne Toops. They know how to play a zydeco groove. Sure. There it is. All right. So for me, the, the experience, I went to Lafayette, Louisiana, and was at Dockside Studios, which is like, you know, everybody Universal BBG, on mm -hmm. and on and on has played mm -hmm. at this studio. Mm -hmm. And it's a wonderful studio. Yeah. And uh, that's where, and then I got together with Wayne Toops and, and uh, we did the song. So, so that's how it comes together. You just put it together, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Well, and listen, I know I, what musicians, you know, I, now Jimmy Pugh, I mean, you know, mm -hmm. so all of these guys, you know, it's, it's, it's them. It's mm -hmm. like you're not mm -hmm. going to miss if you have these monsters on there. Yeah. You know, they show up and they play and they're going to give you, I, I mean, Every session was incredible. You know, some of them seem like, well, you know, how did you sit there? And it's live. And it's live. And, you know, I have the longer that I live with David Duncan, and we're mm -hmm. sitting there, and all I have is like a guitar playing on it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how it's going to sound, but I know that Kid Anderson, Jerry Jamont, mm -hmm. Kevin Hayes on drums, and Michael Finnegan and Jimmy Pugh on keyboards is going to make this sound good. Yeah. I know that they are. And sure enough, boom, there it is. <laughs> and uh, Finnegan might go, well, let's add this little chord right here. What are you kind of telling me? Whoa, man. So, well, that's, that's exactly what I want him to do. <laughs> and I know. Uh, he, you know, it's all, the chords already are, but he might voice it a little differently. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. everybody, in a way, I know that these guys are going to do it. It's mm -hmm. under my guidance. That's what's scary. I have to turn and say to Jerry Jamon, who's my hero, like, could you play less? You know, try that out. <laughs> You're turning to a guy who's on, on, you know, he's on so many fucking sessions with yeah. everybody from Donny yeah. Hathaway to, you know, yeah. to this, this, and this. And I'm going, God, you know, Jerry, hey, man, could you know, he, he looks at me and goes, lessen it up a little bit. You want a little more space? I said, yes, sir. Cause, <laughs> you know, because he's a pro. That's yeah, why. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. 
So, but to me, I'm sitting there, my heart's going boom, 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 boom. What if he goes, fuck you, you know? No, he's not going to. (laughs) I know what I want. I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses. So, and I talk too much. No, you you don't talk too much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm the one who's listening. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Hey, I okay. found that set, the set that's on uh, on on my show on the nineteenth. I I, yes, so I, I kick it off with damage control. Okay, that's that's how I start the set. Then I come in with Hurricane Harry doing the last meal. Do you know that tune? Uh, my last meal. That's the one Jimmy Rogers recorded. No, no, I don't. That I don't know. But this this is he's right. he's, he's 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 on death row. And he's oh. ordering his last meal, and he keeps ordering stuff, and, and he want more and more yeah, like and more. Mosquito more. knees? Yeah. Does he order mosquito knees? <laughs> I want to step up, but uh, yeah, you know Jimmy Rogers did that in the in the 1950s. Did not know. The, the blues Jimmy Rogers. He yeah. recorded that too. Yeah. yeah. Then bring me giant dinosaur eggs and mosquito knees, and I want this and that, right? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Same song, yeah. Yeah. Then I followed up with Brooke Denton singing Rainy Night in Georgia, which was written by Tony Joe White. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Then I follow that with uh Sam Cooke singing Smoke Rings. I haven't heard that. Oh, that's a great song. And I, I wow. end it I end that set with Dave Van Ronk singing singing Dink's song. You know that one? Doing what? No, Singing I don't. Dink's, Dink's song was first recorded by uh, in, in, around uh, 1909 or something by, uh, 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 what's the name? Uh, uh, the guy that went to, 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 to Mississippi and recorded everything. Uh, um, and then his, fa- his father did. Come on, what's his name? Uh, Alan Lomax? Yeah, the, 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 the older Lomax. Alan Lomax's father. Yeah, John Lomax? Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. Dink's song is a great song. I'm surprised you haven't heard it because it was, it, was a, a, it was for folkies who were singing blues uh, back way back. Um, uh, everybody sang that song. If I had wings like Noah's dove, uh, you know, I'd, I'd uh, uh, fly to the one I love. Fare thee well, my honey, fare thee well. But it was writ when he was when when Lomax recorded it. He recorded it on the banks of the Brazos River, sung by a, a, a black woman who was washing her clothes and singing about her husband. Amazing! Wow! Yeah, yeah, that's now, interesting. Yeah, I had heard Noah's that song. Noah's Dove, you had me there too. That's a great line. Noah's yeah. Dove, what yeah. a great image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what do you start the set with? Uh, with uh, uh, um, damage control. Damage control. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm honored. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah, let me tell you this. If, if, no, no, I think. So now I got to tune in, not for damage control, but the <laughs> the one with uh, John Lomax. Yeah. I got. Yeah, yeah. Anyhow, damage control. That's all Michael Finnegan's music. Uh huh. So he played that on the piano about four years ago, and I have it on my phone that I'm talking to you on right now. <laughs> him sitting there, and all he had was just the beginnings of it, fun, that whole thing, and then another day, but no no words, no nothing, but I went, God, I love that. Reminds me of Horace Silver, actually, uh-huh. or it reminds me of kind of a Dr. John. Yeah. So I, I flew back down three years ago and got with him, and we wrote the bridge. We wrote the the second part. Mm-hmm. 
so um so that's why I have credit on damage control. And then I have my friend whose name is Ryan Waters, and he, he's the guy I told you from Salem who was yeah. with, in Prince's band, right? And uh, he's young and talented, and it's just, he has a fresh – so I called him up and said, I'd like to use these four lines and some other lines that you have in there, you know. So basically um, – most of damage control the lyrics are mine. The hook is mine. The, the chorus is mine. Mm-hmm. But man, I could not get launched unless Brian Waters had that. Another day is just beginning. Another day will soon end. And what you call this life, my friend, and, and all that's in between is what you call this life, my friend. So that helped me. And then once, and then as going, you know, damage control. I was writing from the fact of politics and Trump mm-hmm. and the news people, and this is before COVID, but and I and my own life, which is, have you ever gone to your house and you forgot your wallet? You gotta have your wallet to drive. So you so you get in your car, you forget your wallet, you go back into your house, mm-hmm. you put your keys on the table, you go, yeah, here's my wallet. You put that in your pocket. The phone rings, you talk on it for five minutes, you hang up. Right. You walk out the door, you lock it, but you've locked yourself out of the house now because you haven't picked up your keys from the table. Right. So that's damage control. And yeah. this is shit that goes on to everybody all the time. Damage control, big and little. Life to me is damage control. It's, yeah. it's damage control. You know, it's just one of these topped off phrases. And I want that's pretty much describes everything. Everything is damage control. <laughs> me, you know, me going, I talk too much. I'm, I'm sitting here going through damage control right now, you know. <laughs> so um, everything is, and I did not know that COVID was going to happen, of course, and stuff. And, and so it ends up fitting like a glove with these times. Yep. And so. Um, well, so what, what What are you listening I'm to? I'm glad you days? like that tune. It's I'm a great, I, I love the whole album. The whole album is, I, I'm telling you, I think it's 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 the best thing I've ever heard you do. <laughs> Um, Thank you. So, what are you listening to these days? Well, um, you know what I got in my record player right now. I'm mm-hmm. just, I listen to a lot of stuff. I listen to a lot of songwriters. I bounce all over the place. Mm-hmm. And um, there's that young girl. Her name is Billy Elish. I think she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a pop star. But her her lyrics and her brother is a guy named Phineas, mm-hmm. and I just bought one of his records off of uh, iTunes, and uh, I can just reach her and get on the phone and stuff. So I do, but I just listen to a lot of different stuff. So I'm going to open up my. Uh, let's see what's going on here. So um, Johnny Adams. Oh yeah. Who I was listening to last night. Yeah. And uh, who always specials to swing. Uh huh. And I have this new Little Richard record. It seems kind of funny, especially, but it's all these outtakes of Little Richard, like huh. Long Tall, like three versions of Miss Ann, three oh. versions of Long Tall Sally. With the upsetters? You know, take one, take two. Uh, no, this is the this is the New Orleans. Oh, uh, Cosmo Studio gotcha. stuff. Gotcha. So disc one is you know Tutti Fruity and True Fine Mama. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is disc, disc two is the outtakes. 
Hmm. In a row, you know, like, oh, let's try it again. And this old play halfway through, they go, well, and the band kind of goes, and, yeah, and you can hear them talk. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, and. Uh, it's a bunch of Jimmy Reed records so like that. I, yeah. And then, uh, you know, who I like uh, the one, uh, during Christmas time, I found J.D. McPherson. I'm a big uh, mm-hmm. fan of him. He's a um, rockabilly. Uh, I wouldn't call him rockabilly, but. Uh, yeah. Um, have you ever heard of J.D. McPherson? Sure. So he put out a Christmas record called Socks. And it's the best Christmas record I've... I, I It's all original. Huh. And it's a wonderful record. All original, all clever, fantastic lyrics, and a really good record. I mean, it's my favorite Christmas album. You huh. kind of get tired of listening to White Christmas and... And, uh, you know, silver bills and stuff. I do every, you know, but this guy's got a record called Socks. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you should pick it up, check uh-huh. it out. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, I know listen- JD McPherson. I listen to rockabilly, rock and roll, jazz, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't find I'm- myself actually sitting down and listening to a lot of stuff because I'm, I'm, I'm always putting, putting my shows together. Yes, and yeah. like like uh, sometimes I like to, to 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 pair up tunes, just because they have similar names but they're completely different. Like uh, I've got one coming up uh, with Louis Jordan, and they're called Reet Petite and Gone. Yeah, and of course yes. I, 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 paired, I paired it up with Jackie Wilson. Right, right. Yeah. So well, you're not listening then. Not a lot. I mean, you're listening, but you're trying. You're putting together, yeah. Well, I got a lot of, I've always, I listen to something every day, Mm -hmm. tons of stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. So, Live at the Apollo Theater, do you remember that record with with Rufus Thomas and Otis Redding? I just, you know what, about two weeks ago, maybe three, I played that entire album on my show. Yeah. It's fantastic. It is. It's fantastic. Yeah, it yeah. is. And the yeah. guy who's emceeing, a woman, you got enough mouth for two rows of teeth. You know who that is? Uh, um, That's Tony Coleman's no. father. No kidding. Yeah. Tony King, Coleman's father? King Coleman. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> you, well, there's Ed Coleman, who is a bass player. Right. No, this that this was this, this was King Coleman. Oh, that's Tony Coleman. I know who you're talking about. That's T- Tony, Tony Coleman was father. was BB King's drummer for 35 years. You know, yeah, was BB's drummer. He lives in Tiger now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta call him up and ask him about that. Yeah, he did the original mashed potatoes too. He, I think, he wrote the original uh, mashed potatoes, or he or co-wrote it anyway. Or, or maybe he wrote it and Tony James and took I half are the good credit. Friends, man. He's never Tony. mentioned that. Oh, that's fantastic. I Tony's a great guy. Poop on that. You think yeah, he, oh, yes. you, you think you talk a lot? <laughs> uh, that's true. Okay, you got me there. You you got me there. <laughs> well, I'm glad you like the record, man. Yeah, it is. And uh, congratulations and uh let's hang in there. And one of these days we're gonna see each other in person. <laughs> you know? Yeah, oh, we, we, you know, I get out and about, I practice the safety methods. I haven't done, caught anything. Um, I don't. I it'll don't it'll happen. You know, last year, you know, it shut down, but yeah. he's still able to do little private concerts. Yeah. I played a cul-de-sac or a parking lot or something. And, you know, as long as you 
just be careful, wash yeah. hands. This stuff eventually is going to go away. Well, I'm going to get. I, I'm going to. It looks like I can get jabbed next week. And as soon as All that right. happened, you know what I'm going. I, I already know what's going to happen. As soon as that, he's, as soon as they finish putting that needle in me, I'm going to bust out crying. I can feel All it. All right. I can feel it. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're already setting yourself up for the big cry. Hey, you know, I'm. A, I, I, hey, I'm Italian. I, 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 it's required. Right. Right. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. All right, man. Well, thank, thank you so you. much for your time. Really appreciate yeah. it. Glad we could do this. And, you uh, edit this stuff, or is just live? Oh, hell no. All right. All edit, right. edit what? What would I edit? I have no idea. <laughs> you know, cuss but, words or something. No, All right. Fuck hey, no. man, I love your show. <laughs> yeah. Tell the people out there in Radio Land, you know, right. um, that I love them. Okay, I love you too. All right, man. See ya. Take care. Bye. I lost a friend so close to me. I always thought we'd talk again. But it wasn't meant to be We cared about each other Oh, heart and soul I never got a chance to say I love you so When I think about my dear friends It's enough to make me cry Now I always say I love you at the end of my goodbye A faded book of my photographs I see our smiling face Remember how we laughed Oh, lovers and good friends Well, I'm sad to say I wish I could have told them yeah, Before they slipped away When I think about it I want to break down and cry So now I always say I love you the end of my goodbyes I'm gonna speak my heart With every chance I get So I don't repeat Oh, this sad regret So now you'll know When I look into
Bye.